Welcome to Word to the Mother, a retrospective on 90s R&B and hip-hop. Here's your host, your girl, Charlie D. Welcome to my little show, a place where it's 90s music all day and all night. And I am your host, a girl who's hiding from COVID and all of its variants right here in my basement. Yes, welcome. Get comfy, get cozy. Let's have a little fun for a little bit. Up in here. Today's artists are another group I featured that formed in the 80s but had prominence in the 90s. I grew up with them as the first ladies of rap. They sold over 15 million albums worldwide, making them the best selling rap artist at that time. What I'm trying to say is this episode is not for everybody, only the sexy people. Today's artists all salt and pepper. So for this episode, I'm going to do something different. For this one, we're going back, way back to the 80s on this one. At first, I was going to try and just focus on the 90s, but on the real, Salt and Pepper go back when most of y'all was babies with pacifiers, but I think it's still worth revisiting. So for our way back, we're going to go back to December 1986, which is when Salt and Pepper's debut album, Hot, Cool, and Vicious debuted and see what else was going on in music culture. Okay, so not much else was released in December 86, but for the rest of that year, we did have some good ones. For album releases, man, we had a lot of good ones. Janet Jackson's Control. Now you gonna stop. Control. Control was a major one. Um, I heard this one on the radio before I saw the videos and I was all in, all in. It was like she was a female version of Michael Jackson. It was like, okay now we got a girl version of michael jackson yep whatever she said i'm, I'm all about it i was yep miss jackson if you nasty i'm here i'm here uh anita baker's rapture now i'm gonna be honest i was a little little kid when this came out so i didn't quite have the appreciation for anita baker back then but as an adult and as i got older i learned i learned this was the album that has sweet love caught up in the rapture and no one else in the world i just remember anita baker was one that was always on the radio especially on the the grown folk station which my parents used to listen to another good one this one came out in march was prince's parade which brought us the song kiss don't have to be beautiful to turn me on that's probably one of my all-time favorite Prince songs probably top three I will put when doves cry with that but I don't I don't think that was from that album that was March 86 another good one Run DMC Raising Hell this came out in May 96 and it gave us the songs the hit songs Walk This Way with Aerosmith which 
I think, and I'm guessing, was probably the first rap song duo with a rock group. I mean, has it even been done since then? I don't know, but I'm, I'm gonna say it was the first. I'm gonna just put myself out there and say it was the first. I remember seeing that video on MTV and just being kind of blown away that Run DMC and Aerosmith, like how, what, what, but it was fire. I, I absolutely loved it. It was, it was cool as hell. Um, and it also made it, made Aerosmith cool to me because I was not a child that grew up with rock music. That was not what you listened to in my hood. So it was like, okay, that got the pass. Um, that also brought us the song, My Adidas, You Be Illin' and It's Tricky. Funny thing about You Be Illin', I think that was the first rap song I ever knew the words to. Don't ask me to sing it right now. But I, I, remember, I remember being pretty proud of myself that I actually knew like the verses. It, it was pretty easy. But yeah, I think that was my first one. In Hot 100 Singles, Whitney Houston came out with How Well I Know. Let me tell y'all, 86 was a hot-ass year. When I was looking up this information, I mean, it was a long list of great stuff that came out in 86. I can't recall exactly how old I was, but I was younger than 10. I'm not good with math, but um, yes, Whitney. We also had That's What Friends Are For by Dionne Warwick and Friends. I remember this one. I sung along with it. It's not my usual type of song, but yeah, it was a big hit. Uh, Eddie Murphy had apparently a hit with party all the time my girl wants to party all the time um i'll be honest i did not hear this song when it first came out i heard about it and learned about it well after the fact probably some years after the fact i don't know how that happened but it happened what i did know is that it was actually a pretty big hit i don't have the chart information but i think it was at least top 20 maybe top 10. i had no idea but um okay cool Whitney, again, the greatest love of all. Mm. Mm. Yeah, we got to talk about Whitney one day. I think this was my first Whitney song, and this was a big one. I mean, this was another one that was like an anthem. Every If you love to sing, you had to sing this song, if you knew the words or not. And I remember loving this song in the video, and she looked so pretty in it. Uh, Let's see. I already mentioned Princess Kiss because I came out with the album. Then we also had uh, Patti LaBelle and Michael McDonald. They had the On My Own duet. This was another one where I didn't know who in the world Michael McDonald was. But I knew Patti. And I'm like, who is this white man she's singing with? I'm so confused. But okay, I guess he must be cool if he's singing with Patti. I think she had on a big fur coat. I don't know. Patti was cool. So I was like, okay, all right, Michael McDonald. I, I will later learn about Michael McDonald and love him. Movie releases, again. 86 was a hot year. What a great time to be alive and have an album come out. Ferris Bueller's Day Off, y'all. Ferris Bueller. 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 Um, the Golden Child with Eddie Murphy. Not my favorite Eddie Murphy movie, but I mean, back then, everything Eddie Murphy put out was pretty much a hit. Little Shop of Horrors. Huge, huge fan of that movie. In fact, I think the moment I realized I was going to marry my husband was the moment I found out he also knew that soundtrack. Yep, it's, it's real. 
I knew then it was love. The Three Amigos, another great, great movie that Hubby and I absolutely love. I could probably quote it word from word with El Wapo and the Pletra. It was just a fantastic We That's that's kind of a staple in my house. I could watch it at least once a week. That's one of our, our big 80s faves. Pretty in Pink, uh, Molly Ringwald. She was the it girl of the 80s. Now, this movie was okay. I think 16 Candles was my favorite, but I didn't see it till probably in the 90s. So I, I was late with all of that stuff. And another movie that I'm, I'm going to mention that came out, but I never actually saw was a movie called Labyrinth. Um, don't laugh because apparently I, I missed out on it, but I never even heard of this movie until my husband mentioned it to me. I don't know, five years ago, I'm still lost. I don't know maybe my hood was kind of in a bubble but a lot of stuff just went over my head I just completely missed I never heard of this dagger movie apparently I need to see it maybe we'll show it to myself I, I don't know he'll school me one day but 1986 it was a pretty huge year in entertainment to me and there was so much more but we gotta move on but first to our featured song so the featured song I chose is one that I'm not sure many will remember. It's a smaller known hit, but one I had to include because at the time it was my favorite song of mine and my friends. It was the song Daddy's Little Girl by rapper Nikki D. <laughs> Daddy's little girl, not the girl that daddy knew. Daddy never had a clue of what his little girl would do. A drift, a swift to open up and get with ya. A pocket full of dreams for my love for kids. I never concentrated on the fact that I'm love scheme for scheme and things that would lead you to a pipe dream. Picture it, yes, I'm daddy's little girl. I never asked for nothing, now it's a string of pearls. My chances of things that I win with the substance. A princess with a smile, but my sweetness is sort of grim. I never thought the feeling that I had to be wild. Cause in my mind, I was a mature child, but I couldn't hurt daddy. I played the role, but on a same tip, I was massaging the soul. Nikki had to be free. You see, I had to be me. Her life just wouldn't flow through correctly. Me and daddy's little girl. I taped this video off of the Jukebox Network and I watched it constantly as a daddy's girl myself with an eye on the boys. Yeah, I felt like this was speaking to me personally and warning me of all the trouble that could happen if I wasn't careful. <laughs> was I careful though? But I love the beat and the lyrics. Nichelle Strong was born in Newark, New Jersey, but later moved to Los Angeles. She would become Nikki D and was signed as the first female rapper to Def Jam Records in 1989. That same year, she released her album titled Daddy's Little Girl and her first single, Letting Off Steam, which had a video featuring rapper Flavor Flav. It was in 1992 that she released her second single, the title track, Daddy's Little Girl. The song would also appear in the indie film. Now, I know very few people will have heard of this one, but it was a film called Just Another Girl on the IRT. The song also reached number one on the Hot Rap Singles chart. Now, the song has a few samples, but the first one I think is the most obvious one, and that was taken from Suzanne Vega's Tom's Diner. 
Right? Now, that was a big hit in itself in the early 90s. I also loved that song and knew all the words at that point. Really, really weird one, though. The second sample is a tiny snippet used for the beat, and that was from Joe Tex's song, Papa Was Too. Tramp! All right, baby, you can call me that. This tiny sample is the first thing you hear before the beat drops in the song. After Daddy's Little Girl, Nikki D toured and recorded songs with Queen Latifah and Moby for the Set It Off soundtrack, and with Redman for his Muddy Waters album. She also recorded with Suzanne Vega herself, Flavor Unit, Naughty by Nature, and EPMD. Daddy's Little Girl will be her one and only album, and in 1998, she became the vice president of A&R at Flavor Unit Records. It seems she has possibly put her musical ambitions behind her as she now works as a marketing manager for Fat Fashions. That's fat as in P-H-A-T, which manages the labels Fat Farm, Baby Fat, and Atman. And that was the featured song. But now on to the featured artists. It was 1985 when two students, Cheryl James and Sandra Denton, met at Queensboro Community College and became fast friends. Cheryl was quoted as saying about their friendship to The Guardian, quote, We were big time screw ups. We never went to class. We just hang around in the lunchroom playing cards and we formed this amazing friendship. Because we were polar opposites, we fascinated each other, end quote. Eventually, they both began working at the local Sears alongside Martin Lawrence and both members of the rap duo Kid and Play. Like a yin and yang friendship, they entertained each other by cutting up and making each other laugh. I've had friendships like that. Many. It was during this time that Cheryl's boyfriend, Herbie Azur, was also studying record production at the Center for Media Arts. Herbie had a class project to complete and had the idea to produce and record a song but he needed an artist. So he had an idea. He asked Cheryl and Sandra if they could rap. The ladies had an impromptu audition for him, which was them basically doing a quick rhyme, just showing them what they could do. And he decided to record a song with them. The song they recorded was called The Showstopper, and it was their response to Dougie Fresh's hit song, The Show. The song contained a sample from the 84 movie Revenge of the Nerds, and it eventually got in the right hands and got airplay on local radio stations. It got an official release from Pop Art Records, an indie label, and went to number 46 on the Billboard R&B chart. In 
While they originally called themselves Supernature, the duo became Salt and Pepper because of the line from the song, right now I'm going to show you how we're supposed to be because we the Salt and Pepper MCs. And by the fall of September 1985, they landed a record deal with Next Plateau Records. It was in December 86 that the group, now produced and managed by Herbie the Lovebug Azer, and with DJ Deidre Roper, now with the stage name DJ Spinderella, dropped their debut album, Hot, Cool, and Vicious. The album would bring us several singles, including The Showstopper. The next single also out on the radio before the album launch was I'll Take Your Man. Salt and pepper's back and we came to outwrap you So get out my face before I smack you Ho, don't you know? Can't you understand? If you mess with me, I'll take your man had a few samples the most noticeable was from the beat the sample was taken from a song called trouble funk by a group called saturday night live from washington dc After that, we had two more songs that got radio play. The first was the song Tramp. The song was sampled from a song by Otis and Carla, and Vibe magazine ranked it on their 10 greatest Otis Redding sampled songs, stating that it was, quote, the perfect vehicle for the female hip-hop pioneers, brazen diss of the cheating opposite sex, end quote. This one hit number 31 on the Hot Black Singles chart. Yeah, I guess that was a chart in the 80s. The next song out was My Mic Sound Nice. Y'all heard, take it from the top. One, two. My mic sound nice, check one. My mic sound nice, check two. My mic sound nice, check three. Are you ready to rock, y'all? Until the beat, y'all. I keep on, and you don't stop. Rocking on. Keep rocking on. mic sound nice check too man i wish i had more to say on this particular song but all i have is that it contains one sample from the grover washington song mr magic but you know what that's okay because it finally brings us to the biggest and most prominent song from their debut album it started out as the b-side to the tramp single but when radio djs began playing it well it's clear it blew up the last single from that album was the iconic Push it. So and here and we're 
While the song was released as a B-side to Tramp in 1987, it was not officially released as its own single until 1988. It hit number 19 on the Hot 100, but it was after a performance at Nelson Mandela's 70th birthday concert that propelled it to number two over that summer. The song Push It had a few samples, one from the time called The Bird and The Kinks' You've Got Me. But the one I need to mention is from a song called Keep On Pushing by a group called Cold Kitchen. Yeah, this one surprised me because I never thought the main hook was sampled. I thought Herbie came out with that one. Mm. The song went platinum and was ranked number 446 on Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs of All Time and number 9 on VH1's 100 Greatest Songs of Hip Hop. I'm sure at this point they were able to quit their jobs as Sears. Push It was also nominated for a Grammy and the video. This is where we get Salt and Pepper's iconic look. The bright, colorful leather jackets, the shiny bodysuits, the asymmetrical haircuts, and the dances. Yep, I still do the dances when I hear the song come on. I have to say, I believe this was the first time I'd seen Salt and Pepper in a video and on TV. And I remember as a little kid being really impressed because up until that time, rap was a guy's game. All the rappers coming out were boys or men, so I associated the genre as masculine, and honestly, I wasn't really feeling it right away. But when I saw Salt and Pepper, the message I got was, wow, girls can rap too. In August 1988, the now-hit rap group released their second album, Assault with a Deadly Pepper. This album spawned three new singles, with the first being Shake Your Thang with the group EU. Okay, I have one little memory of this song as a child. I have an older sister, much older, like 15 years older. So when this song came out, I remember her teaching me how to do the go-go dance. Back then, she would teach me some of the dances and the latest trends and slang. I looked up to my big sister. Shout out to my dad. So EU was the group that did the song Doing the Butt. Sexy, sexy. Anyway... The song had two samples. The main hook was taken from the Isley Brothers song, It's Your Thing, and Funky President by James Brown. In the video, Salt and Pepper are seen dancing in an all-white room. It's the question by Police, played by Herbie Lovebug and Kid and Play. The end of the video, they are released from the police station, which leads to their next video and their next song, Get Up, Everybody Get Up. Now it's time to get up. I think the sound will make you get up. 
Now, I don't know why, but I loved this song. I remember taping it off the radio and playing it over and over until I knew every word. And the last single from this album was Twist and Shout. Obviously, the song sampled the Beatles song Twist and Shout, but also took a sample from the Tony Basil song Mickey. The song reached the top five in Spain and number four in the UK and the Netherlands. By December 88, Assault with a Deadly Pepper went gold, selling 600,000 copies in the US, but 800,000 copies internationally. In March 1990, Salt and Pepper with Spinderella released the group's third album titled Black's Magic. While Herbie the Lovebug produced some of the songs, this time he agreed to allow others to come on board to produce, which included some by Salt and Spinderella, and allowing Spinderella some more vocals as well. The album produced six singles, with the first out in November 1989, and that was Expression. remember this song so clearly is I immediately loved it and the video. This one was written and produced by Cheryl Salt James. The song went to number one on the US Hot Rap Songs chart as well as number eight on the Hot R&B Hip Hop charts and top 40 in several other markets. The next single up was the song Independence. I'm getting ready for the year 2000. Independence. Yes, I'm housing. Independence. Yeah, now watch me. Independence. Another one written and produced by Salt, I must say, way before the days before we had Destiny's Child reminding us how everything they got, they bought it. We had Salt and Pepper letting us know that they made their own money, so don't tell them how to spend it. Yes. I was still pretty young when this came out, but the messages were clear. I could express myself however I wanted and would make my own cash. Okay. No chart info on this one, but the hook was sung by the singer Sybil, who was known for the cover, Don't Make Me Over. Ooh, I should take note of that one. The third single out from this album was Do You Want Me? Slow, you know, 
This one came out in February 91 and reached number 21 on the Hot 100. Okay, this has to be one of my favorite videos by them. There's no particular plot per se, just Salt, Peppa, and Spinderella dancing and looking like they're having a great time. And that was something I saw in all their videos. It always looked like a good time with some fun music. The next single, however fun it was, had a bit more serious theme, and that was Let's Talk About Sex. Of course how it should be, those who think it's dirty, have a choice, pick up the needle, press pause, or turn the radio off, will that stop us, Pen? Alright then, come on, spin. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you. This song talks about the good and the bad that could come from sex and how it should be a topic of discussion. It stressed safe sex. It features a sample from the staple singers, I'll Take You There. There was also an alternate version called Let's Talk About AIDS, with lyrics specific to address AIDS and HIV awareness. The song was reviewed favorably by critics. David Thickpen from Entertainment Weekly had this to say on the song, describing it as, quote, an articulate, funny, and danceable primer on sex and the single fly girl that hit male-dominated hip-hop where it hurt, end quote. This song reached number 13 on the Hot 100 and was nominated for Best Rap Performance by a Duo or Group at that year's Grammys. Next up after that was the track, You Showed Me. So the hook from this song is another sample or cover recorded in 1964 by the group The Turtles. It reached number 15 on the UK charts. This would be the last single from the Black's Magic album as the very last track was a remix of the song Expression. Black's Magic was a critical and commercial success, peaking at number 38 on the Billboard 200 and shipping 1 million copies in the US. In October 1993, Salt and Pepper released their fourth studio album, Very Necessary, which spawned four singles. The first single was the song Shoop. Hey, yeah, I wanna shoot, baby. Shoop. Made me wanna do tricks. 
This would be one of the group's most successful singles, reaching number four on the Hot 100 charts and selling over one million copies. Okay, the song was everywhere. It does contain a sample from the Ike Turner song, I'm Blue, the Gong Gong song, but sang by the Sweet Inspirations. And the line, the voodoo that you do so well was from Cole Porter's song, You Do Something To Me. And fans and critics loved it. A reviewer from People Magazine called it, quote, it's a grinding bluesy come on that overflows with good-natured lewdness, end quote. Torrey from the New York Times stated that this song, quote, it's a sexy little tribute to the male bodies that drive these rappers crazy, end quote. And the Village Voice listed it as number 62 on its top singles of the 1990s. The next single out in December 93 helped propel album sales even more, and that is the song, What a Man. This song was originally produced for En Vogue's Runaway Love album, but was later included on salt and Pepper's Very Necessary as well. And this was another big hit. The song is a direct sample from the 1968 song What a Man, written by Dave Crawford and performed by Linda Lindell. After Salt and Pepper with En Vogue reinterpreted it, it became a top 10 hit in the US, the UK, New Zealand, and Australia. Larry Flick from Billboard had this to say about the song. The quote, fierce ruling rap divas dip into their fine, very necessary album and pull out this wickedly funky hip hop jam. Loose and also appealing harmonies by En Vogue provide a kicking framework for clever lip licking rhymes that melt into the tracks, but shaking beats, end quote. And this video, I remember this one was where the ladies start heating it up. Salt had this bomb pixie cut and was sporting these real low rise short shorts and tight abs abs girl where's she been hiding these and pep was showing off too i recall her in the bathtub like we have never seen her <laughs> and this was around the time that she was with trutch from naughty by nature so he was featured in the video as well this song won awards for best dance video best r&b video and best choreography at the mtv video music awards it was also ranked number 99 on the top singles of the 90s by The Village Voice and also ranked number 34 on the 50 best songs of 94 by NME Magazine. The third single out from this album was the track None of Your Business. Put in your cheek to sit. 
The song peaked at number 32 on the Hot 100 and was also included in the movies Miss Congeniality and Barbed Wire. It also won the group their first Grammy Award. Yeah, hard to believe at this point, but this was for best performance by duo or group. Sadly though, Cheryl or Salt later condemned the song because of its sexual content. She was quoted as saying this about the song, quote, It was exciting on one level, but all I remember at that time was I was severely bulimic and caught up in the whole skinny is beautiful thing, and I felt so empty when I should have been elated, I suppose. My career was peaking at the same time my personal life was at an all-time low. You always think when you're young that success is measured in these certain terms, but the reality is a Grammy's never going to fill the void I felt when I was bulimic, end quote. Oh, I guess that explains the abs. Damn. In a review of the song 20 years later, Sarah Oaks of The Daily Life had this to say about it, writing that the song, quote, aged far more like a good wine than the alcohol pop that got you on the dance floor in the first place. None of your business is a fist pumping, anti-slut shaming anthem a solid decade before the term was ever used in the mainstream. It is a war cry for women against the people in and institutions that judge them for having sex, enjoying sex, and expressing their sexuality with an I don't give a shit attitude that is as infectious as its baseline. I feel like if none of your business was released today, it will go viral in an instant. What makes Salt and Pepper so bold is that they independently chose to flip the script. They behaved like they were as empowered as the male rappers. They wore sexy clothing, talked about enjoying casual sex. They objectified men and across many tracks directly addressed the way women were are shamed for promiscuous behaviors, end quote. Okay, I'm cosign. <laughs> and the last single from the Very Necessary album is the track Heaven and Hell. Why, why, boy, I, yeah. Children play, yeah. women produce, uh -huh. kids killing kids just for, for the juice. juice. Now Africa, Africa is looking for the truth, but it's gonna take a while to enlighten the youth. This is a story, no need to bore me, it can't do nothing for me. Even if they're watching, they couldn't find any glory. In the overcrowded streets of the city, I know it's shitty, but I can do it, I can pity. Okay, I had heard this album, but this one I didn't remember at all. But hearing it now, I really do like the way it sounds. The song samples Think About It by Odell Brown and the Organizers, Synthetic Substitution by Melvin Bliss, and Heaven and Hell is on Earth by the group 20th Century Steel Band. While it was a top 30 hit in New Zealand and Australia, I don't recall hearing this one on the radio here, so perhaps it did not chart in the US. Overall, Very Necessary performed very well, peaking at number 4 on the Billboard 200 and selling over 5 million copies. After the success of Very Necessary, some things were changing with the group. Saul and Herbie had already broken up and the group was also in the process of splitting with him as their long-term producer. They eventually signed with Red Ant Records, which was distributed by Polygram Records, and after being given a 15 million sign-on bonus. Okay, not bad. 
Without Herbie as producer, they took on many of the production duties. And in October 1997, they released what would be their fifth and final album, Brand New. And you're probably wondering why you never heard of this album. Well, apparently Red Ant Records filed for bankruptcy soon after the album released, so there were no funds to properly promote the album. Nope, no videos or nothing. The group still continued to tour to support the album while performing its two new singles. The first song was called Are You Ready? I can honestly say I'd never heard this song or the album before, but it did contain a sample from a song called Watch Out from a group called Brass Construction. The second single from the album is called Giddy Up. Both songs performed okay, still selling over 500,000 copies of the album and another 200,000 worldwide. Actually, not awful for an album with zero promotion, but still not anywhere near the success of Very Necessary. Los Angeles Times' Connie Johnson had this to say about the album. Quote, while it's commendable that they're stretching out in a more uplifting, spiritually motivated arena, the group's forte is still worldly, raunchy, on the flesh fair. End quote. After the brand new album, the group toured for a bit, but in 2002, Saul decided to leave the group and the music industry altogether. The group officially disbanded. Peppa was featured on the MTV show The Surreal Life, and Spinderella went back to DJing for local clubs and a hip-hop radio station. In 2005, Salt and Pepper were honorees at the VH1 Hip Hop Honors, and all three members appeared and performed What a Man with In Vogue. It was their first performance in over six years. Then, in 2007, the Salt and Pepper show debuted on VH1. Started by Peppa, it was a look at the ladies' lives as they tried to return back to recording. Salt and Peppa spent the next several years on several tours with various artists including SWV, Lisa Lisa, Naughty by Nature, Chub Rock, Slick Rick, Dougie Fresh, and Rob Bass. Can I just say I'm mad I missed out on that particular tour? I mean, damn. In 2019, the Lifetime Network produced a biographical miniseries on the group's rise to fame, and it was produced by the members of Salt and Pepper and Queen Latifah. I've sadly never had a chance to watch this and I can't seem to find a copy right now, but I'm hoping to catch up soon. But I heard good things. As it stands right now, Salt and Pepper are currently touring with Boys to Men and have dates later in 2022 with New Kids on the Block. Clearly, the ladies are still out here doing their thing and performing the hits we all know and love. No word on any new music or albums, but that's cool. We'll always have the oldies. So what to say about Salt and Pepper's legacy? Hmm. I think the first thing is they were clearly the first ladies of rap. 
I remember when I first started hearing rap music in the mid and late 80s and feeling not so sure about it since, and I mentioned this before, it seemed mostly like something for the boys. Rap music to me then was aggressive, loud, and I guess macho, but definitely male dominated. Now, don't get me wrong, I loved me some Run DMC and LL Cool J and some Grandmaster Flash, but I wasn't sure if the music was for me. Then Salt and Pepper hit and it was like a whole new game. They were sexy, fun, brash, in your face, and they made me feel as a little girl of the 80s like, okay, rap can be for girls too. Their music was definitely for me and spoke to me. In the rap game, they are legends. Yes, I said it. They had to crawl so the Little Kims and the Foxies and the Megans, the Nickies and the Cardies could walk. They gave us sex positive lyrics from a woman's point of view and were not shy about flipping the script and sexualizing men for the woman's game. Mm -hmm, I said it. They were the first female rap act to win a Grammy Award and have been granted the honorific title of the First Ladies of Rap and Hip Hop. And that title is well deserved. Kudos, ladies. Now, that does it for me and this episode. Do you remember the first time you heard Salt and Pepper on the radio? Let me know your thoughts on social media and be sure to check out the Word to the Mother pages on Facebook, Twitter, and IG. Till the next episode, y'all. Hey, thanks for listening to Word to the Mother. Be sure to find us on Facebook and Twitter. Until the next episode, we out.